0: SHABBAT SHALOM It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there will be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east." Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Metzora, and it means leper. Leviticus 15, 16-33 Whenever a man has an emission of semen, he must bathe his entire body in water, and he will remain ceremonially unclean until the next evening. Any clothing or leather with semen on it must be washed in it, in water, and it will remain unclean until evening. After a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they must each bathe in water, and they will remain unclean until the next evening. Whenever a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. Anything on which the woman lies or sits during the time of her period will be unclean. If any of you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. This includes her bed or any other object she has sat on. You will be unclean until evening if you touch it. If a man has sexual intercourse with her and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him he will remain unclean for seven days, and any bed on which he lies will be unclean. If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean, as during her menstrual cycle the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. Any bed she lies on and any object she sits on during that time will be unclean, just as during her normal menstrual period. If any of you touch these things, you will be ceremonially unclean. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. When the woman's bleeding stops, she must count off seven days. Then she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present them to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process the priest will purify her before the Lord for the ceremonial impurity caused by her bleeding. This is how you will guard the people of Israel from ceremonial uncleanness, otherwise they would die for their impurity would defile my temple that stands among them. These are the instructions for dealing with anyone who has a bodily discharge, a man who is unclean because of an emission of semen, or a woman during her menstrual period. It applies to any man or woman who has a bodily discharge and to a man who has sexual intercourse with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. Joshua 1, 1 1-18 After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River, but your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest, as He has given you rest, and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. They answered Joshua, We will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. Be strong and courageous. Luke 13 1 21. About this time, Yeshua was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Yeshua asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the eighteen people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again, that unless you repent, you will perish too. Then Yeshua told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down, it's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance, leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine, if not, then you can cut it down. One Sabbath day, as Yeshua was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for eighteen years and was unable to stand up straight. When Yeshua saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. How she praised God! But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Yeshua had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, but not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman... A daughter of Abraham has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released, even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Then Yeshua said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, What else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Psalm seventy-eight sixty-five to 72 Then the Lord rose up as though waking from sleep, like a warrior aroused from a drunken stupor. He routed his enemies, and sent them to eternal shame. But he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built his sanctuary as high as the heavens, and solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs, and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants. God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Proverbs 12.25 Worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. I want to speak to you today from Luke chapter 13. And in this chapter, Yeshua reaches out on the Sabbath day and he heals a woman who's been crippled for over 18 years, bent double, over, and it was from an evil spirit. And so he heals her and touches her and instantly she could stand up straight. But then he gets pushback from the leader in charge of the synagogue, who was indignant that Yeshua had healed her on the Sabbath day. And he says, there are six days of the week for working. Come on those days to be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. And Yeshua pushes back. He says, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released, even on the Sabbath day? So we have this principle that the Sabbath day, the seventh day, which begins at sundown on Friday night and ends at sundown on Saturday night, is a day of rest. It's a day set apart. A day to press in and press close to the Lord, to be with your family, to gather with other believers, and to focus on the things of God through worship and prayer and study of His Word. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's, it's hard if you don't plan ahead. It's like, oops, I don't have enough gas to make it there. I have to stop and get gas. But planning ahead, the day of preparation on Friday, would have been the day to go get your gas. Or, oops, I don't have anything to make for Shabbat. Uh, I need to go to the store now and go buy some food. Oops, that's what the day of preparation is for. It takes practice learning to use Friday as your day of preparation to get all of your tasks done to prepare ahead of time for the Sabbath so you really can rest on the Sabbath and not have to go get gas or go buy groceries. And then when it comes to meals on Shabbat, what about all those dishes in the sink? Well, I've taken to the practice of just letting them soak in soapy water. Let them just soak, and after sundown, the dishes will still be there. But then there's all these little exceptions, like what if you're a nurse or a doctor, and you have to work on Shabbat? The principle is, if you have to do a task that is to the saving of life, basically the idea of getting a doc, an oxen, out of the ditch to the saving of life that's the exception to the rule it's not to be meant to be um, mechanical or ritualistic but you operate by the Spirit and that's what Yeshua was doing here with this woman he saw that she was doubled over in pain and could not even stand up straight, and had been this way for over 18 years, and an evil spirit was behind it. And he set her free on the Shabbat. What a day to be set free on Sabbath. And, of course, the principle comes from God himself, the Father, that in six days he created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. Did he need to rest? No. But he did it as an example for us, And it's also a prophetic picture that God has a day timer and it's a 7,000 year day timer. Each day is equivalent to 1,000 years. And we're in day six of his day timer. We're in the final 6,000 year period. And once we cross over the line into day one of of the seventh day day one of the final 1,000 years that 1,000 years is when Yeshua will rule and reign in this earth once we step over that's the Sabbath so a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day and so the Sabbath is something to be celebrated to relish to rest, to restore. And we don't have to be super religious about it. We shouldn't be super religious about it. It's okay to sometimes just stay home and not go to fellowship and just take a Sabbath nap and rest. It's okay to do that. But it is good to fellowship with other believers and to study the Torah together. Many people now do meet on the Shabbat in home groups, and that's a wonderful thing, because home groups are very authentic and real and personal and more intimate, and you really get to know each other more. It's much more relational. A larger fellowship group is a little more formal. So I'm going to conclude with a song, a beautiful worship song. It's called Lord of the Sabbath, sung by Kiko Ying. Please enjoy.
1: the Sabbath Here we confess You'll return to restore the whole world He ever reckoned